Welcome to this rebroadcast of Hope in the Night. We hope the content of this program will bring you biblical hope and practical help. Please note that the special offers that occur during the program may not be available through this rebroadcast. Now, here's Hope in the Night with June Hunt. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, what's on your mind tonight? Well, we just had a very meaningful Hope for the Heart board meeting, and it was not boring. So don't think I'm using the word bored uh, to say something uh, negative at all. Uh, we don't have a large board, but we have a group of dedicated um, adults, a couple of young adults, and um, some people who've been on our, our board for many years, and uh, they love our ministry. And I, I thought um, I would just share, we have a, a, well, something that I, I was handed, and then I just kind of pared it down. Um, it's what others are saying about us. And I want to thank those of you, by the way, who have prayed for our ministry, who have prayed for me as I take calls. In fact, one of the board members um, about 9.30 said, Now, are you doing the program tonight? I said, Yes, I am. Monday through Friday. And uh, he's from Colorado and is our chairman of the board. And, you know, he talked about the the meaningfulness of the calls. And we get a number of comments about what those calls that I'm taking as I'm asking questions about their question, if they've posed a question or posed a situation, um, I, I, I do pray that I'll have words that are the Lord's words, God's words, to say to those who need help and hope. Uh, here, here are just some of the comments. Love this ministry and how it literally leads thousands of people to Jesus. And by the way, that is very true that many people do pray to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, as their uh, true, authentic uh, Messiah. Uh, Next comment, your book, Victory Over Verbal and Emotional Abuse, has significantly helped me deal with communicating with my siblings. Hmm. Um, initials IJ. Um, this is from Heidi. I've learned so much over the years that I'm now using, um, you know, I, I intentionally left off something because it had to do with me. I have learned so much from her, that's me, over the years that I'm now using to help stepmoms that follow my blog and Facebook page. Thank you, Heidi. Uh, I use your Counseling Keys book for my radio show on 100 Point seven K word. 
I gave you a shout-out. Well, thank you. I didn't hear it, but I thank you for letting me know. Uh, your book on self-worth really helped me. I bought it because I had battled depression for many years. Hmm. So the content in self-worth of what we presented um, during this this radio program, people can tune in, and sometimes they're just getting the resources that we have, uh, what we call keys, uh, counseling keys, or keys for living on over a hundred topics. Um, this is from Lupi. We are currently studying and sharing these wonderful books. They have a wealth of wisdom and encouragement. Thank you, Lupe. Here's from Casey. I received your book, Anger, Facing the Fire Within. Very informative and helpful insight with biblical scriptures. Yes, that, that would be true. We seek to always explain what certain passages in the Bible mean. And uh, I'm great, gr truly grateful that you are calling it very helpful or very informative and helpful. Uh, this is from SC. I've been a Christian for years, but it's so easy to get caught up in resentment. By using your unique way, you've helped me forgive. I usually use a big meat hook, and I have a, a, a physical picture of what forgiveness is. I'll share that down the road. Uh, we found hope for the heart and received a miracle in our marriage. Thank you, Pedro. Uh, we use these materials in our chaplain ministry. That's from KR. In 1998, I would listen to your program while I worked in a convenience store. I was not saved, but God used you to teach me so many things that I didn't understand. Now, 22 years later, I've been saved. That's from Roxana. Last one. June's book, The Answer to Anger, is fantastic. Thank you. For bringing hope in the darkest hours, we're celebrating June Hunt and 26 years of Hope in the Night. June will tell you that a radio program was nowhere on her radar, but God had a different plan. On the first broadcast of Hope in the Night, June talked with people about fear, alcohol abuse, anger, and will never forget the woman facing an unplanned pregnancy. Help us mark this 26th year by making a $26 gift or even a $260 gift to our late night radio ministry. It would be a special blessing if you would make your gift a monthly gift. Just go to hopefortheheart.org or text the keyword HOPE to 855-909-1546. That's hopefortheheart.org or text the keyword HOPE to 855-909-1546.
We have an exciting free online event for you this spring called Coach Talks. It's hosted by the International Christian Coaching Institute, a strategic initiative of Hope for the Heart. Similar to TED Talks, Coach Talks will be a time to hear short, powerful talks from 20 experienced ministry leaders and life coaches on relevant life topics. Our very own June Hunt will be one of the speakers, and you can see the full list of speakers and sessions at hopefortheheart.org forward slash Coach Talks. Coach Talks is a free webinar series where you'll receive practical biblical insights on topics like leadership, marriage and family, spiritual formation and discipleship, relationships, and more. Whether you're a ministry leader, life coach, or you simply want to be inspired and equipped, this is a great opportunity for your personal and professional growth in 2022. You can learn more and register for this free webinar series at hopefortheheart.org forward slash coach talks. listening to Hope in the Night, a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We're here because of your ongoing prayers and support, and we do thank you. If you have questions or concerns about something going on in your life, you can call our care center at 800-488-HOPE. They can help you access our resources, the same ones June counsels from as she helps each caller. Now, the number again is 800-488-4673. Or you may email customercare at hopefortheheart.org. That's customercare at hopefortheheart.org. Send your questions regarding tonight's uh, topics and resources that were discussed in the program. Now let's welcome our caller. Well, welcome to Hope in the Night, Mary. So glad you called. How can we help you? Thank you so much, June. It's really good to uh, be talking with you. And just to hear your voice makes me feel... Uh, a little more peaceful and confident about sharing my story. (laughs) Well, I want to hear your story because, you know, everyone has a story. And I'm talking about um, uh, not a a pain-free story. Uh, We have challenges and we do have questions. And that's true for every one of us. So I want to hear your story. Well, thank you. I I will share um, just first off that my ultimate question has to do with uh, depression as well as decision-making. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's okay, I actually wrote out uh, a bit of this story so that I don't accidentally say any words or um, names that I, I probably shouldn't say. Okay. Uh, but this, the story itself has to do with uh, cancel culture. And um, my husband was actually canceled from his universe, uh, university position after 20 years of serving the university, and that happened four years before he retired. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this Uh. was, uh, it was in uh, June of 2020, uh, of course, you know, soon after the uh, George Floyd incident occurred, um, and my husband and I, we lived in a small town, and he was the chair of his department at this university, He was also the head of the school in which that department was housed. Um, And uh, I'll go back just to build a bit of context. Um, 
there was a, a woman in this department who came in the year after he did, and she was actively anti-Christian. Mm. Um, and my husband and I are obviously believers, and uh, we were both vocal about our faith, you know, within reason, given that we were always in a mixed crowd of people with, you know, various beliefs on campus and, and in the yes. community. Um, even so, I held Bible studies in our home, and, and that really made me a target for this particular woman's ire mm. uh, pretty much from the time I got there. <laughs> um, what was her position, approximately? Um, so she, she was in the same department that my husband was in. Just teach as a teacher? As a teacher, yeah. But, but yeah. Yet, yet he was the chairman of the department. Well, they right. actually came in together. Um, like ah. just as colleagues and, and just kind of those beginning stages of being like an instructor and then you work your way through, you know, assistant professor, associate professor. And what ultimately ended up happening was that he was chosen to become chair of the department and she was not. And mm-hmm. when that mm-hmm. happened, it caused a lot of, um, I guess, like jealousy and commotion and coalition building, and it, it just got really, really ugly really fast. Um, but that that was five years before this incident, so there was like basically five years of, of his, him being chair. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it's important to note, I guess, well, she... You know, she was anti-Christian, but she also specifically bullied me and really kind of worked to slander my reputation. Uh, And then she also worked to slander my husband's reputation. And so it was just kind of this, um, you know, difficult situation already. Uh, And then when the the George Floyd incident occurred, um, she, she headed the charge asking my husband to make a statement about what happened in the news on their department Facebook page. Um, my husband was the admin on that page, and he said that he would ask the dean of the college if that was appropriate, since the president of the college is really who should be making statements like that and making them, like, kind of at a university-wide level as opposed to on, like, these individual Facebook pages. Um, the dean, when my husband asked if, if they could make this statement, the dean said no. And um, long story short, the female professor's husband suddenly got involved and started calling my husband out on the department Facebook page, publicly demanding that he make a statement of support for the organization of Black Lives Matter, and that Mm -hmm. my husband Mm -hmm. had to be the one to do it as the chair of the department. Um, Mm -hmm. In the meantime, the dean, you know, told my husband that ultimately if they wanted to make a statement of support for Black Lives Matter on their specific page. They could. And so my husband went to the faculty and said, you know, if you'd like me to post something to, you know, this effect, go ahead and write it. I'll post it. Um, and then that email went unanswered for a day. Like, after they had been hounding him, all of a sudden when he said, go ahead and write it and I'll post it, he, it was crickets. He didn't hear anything. Um All of a sudden, they were all too busy. They didn't want to write it, so he let it go. Well, the next day, alumni started calling for Black Lives Matter statement, and the faculty started pressing my husband to get the statement on the Facebook page. And so he said, again, go ahead and write it, and I'll post it. And again, no one would. 
And we knew we knew at that point what they were trying to accomplish. They they wanted my husband to be responsible for whatever happened as a result of that posting. And they also knew that he's a conservative Christian and the mission statement of BLM is in direct opposition to our beliefs and, and that he wasn't you know, of his own accord going to be the one to do that. Within a matter of days, um, at the leadership of this female faculty member, all seven of the faculty members in the department signed a vote of no confidence against my husband, stating that his inaction, like his inaction basically was violence. So silence is violence. Mm, And he had previously an unstained record. You know, he was, he was respected in the community. He had a really good, excellent career. But the dean basically told my husband that he knew who was behind this, and, and he had never seen such heinous abuse and characters, <clears throat> character assassination in all of his years you know, at the university. But because the faculty had, at that point, incited kind of a student mob, the online momentum was out of control, and he felt that there was really nothing the university could do to allow my husband to keep his position. Mm. And the dean knew that, you know, would make himself even, you know, look better, kind of save himself if he, if he at least honored the no-confidence vote. So um, immediately his demotion was announced and the mob online, you know, they were cheering and, and they started this kind of frenzied slew of both public and private messages to both my husband and I and, you know, calling us racists and haters of all kinds and, and things like that. Sorry, I get kind of emotional when I talk about this. Mm. I'm so sorry. This is so wrong. It <clears throat> this is an abuse of power, and uh, there should have been, in my opinion, those who looked at, and un, if they understood what was going on. Yet the I'm talking about the leaders, and I'm going to call it. A, I think it's a lack of leadership. Uh, for for the administration, um, and you, that anyone in that situation would be a victim of their abuse. I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. but continue on. Yeah, but what Thank you're you. saying, yeah, you're saying that um, here these. Well, it, it it's much of a. Um, and I saw it. Uh, in fact, anybody who saw what was going, who had eyes to see, saw the working people up into a frenzy and trying to get mm-hmm. um, mob rule. It was. It really was mob rule, and there were all kinds of crimes that were being committed. I'm talking about. You could see on television screens. You would see breaking and entering. You would see looting. And it was unmistakable. And yet it's like, it was as though, well, if as long as this people group was doing it, it was permissible. But a, a different group would have been arrested mm-hmm. because it wouldn't be allowed. And yet um, everyone was afraid. I say everyone. There were people, many who were afraid to take a stand to just go by the law. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the state law, the city law. Uh, it This was a disturbing time in our history. All kinds mm-hmm. of c- 
crimes were permitted and went unchecked. So that, that and that's just me, you know, average person watching the news and seeing over and over, uh, you know, it, it's injustice taking place. And I, I, I am obviously uh, rational to say, yes, you, if you could have certain people who made uh, wrong decisions, and I'm talking about um, a, a person because because the police were being so attacked, and now your your husband was not police, but he was in a pos- position of leadership and respected leadership, and yet he was a target because of the anti-Christian sentiment at the time, and it was that was a, a big deal. I mean, there's no question mm-hmm. you would hear. Uh, deflammatory, uh, defamatory uh, statements. Uh, uh, if, if a person's a Christian, uh, it was like they were the enemy, and I just, wow, uh, I had never seen it so demonstrative, so evident, and I'm so sorry that this has uh, strongly impacted you and your family, meaning. You and your husband. Um, okay, Thank so you. what happened with the uh, no confidence vote? I mean, I understand that all of a sudden here is a superior who is saying, "Well, we got to let you go." Um, <clears throat> when, when he knew the truth, he knew that he, he he told you. Yeah. He he knew, and but uh, yeah. It, it, it's really, um, he did not have the courage of his convictions. Mm-mm. Okay. No, and it, it, was a, it was a strange situation, too, because that was a new dean, there was a new provost, and a brand new president of the university. Oh. So it was kind of a, a trifecta of um, things that happened there, too. Mm. But I hear the a music. I president. can stop for a moment if you yeah. But I'm hearing, okay, so you have all these newbies, new president, mm-hmm. <laughs> new provost, you said, and a new mm-hmm. dean. And so Correct. there wasn't a, a tenure. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have earned respect in that, mm-hmm. in that respect. They, they, they were new and therefore did not have, I, I'm, I'm assuming they were new. Is that what, on the scene? All, all new, yeah, all three of them were new in their positions, yes. Yeah, okay. All right, well, we'll come back because I do care about you. We'll come back. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. 
At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart recently launched the International Christian Coaching Institute. ICCI is a brand new team of ministry leaders and Christian life coaches who are dedicated to helping you grow personally, professionally, and in your ministry role. And we want you to be a part of what God is doing through this exciting new ministry. Join us this fall in Allen, Texas for our first annual In Focus and Empowered Christian Life Coaching Conference. This three-day ministry training event will be a meaningful time to network with pastors, ministry leaders, life coaches, and like-minded professionals, and also receive specialized training from sought-after experts. Our keynote speakers include Nick Vujicic, Steve Arterburn, as well as June Hunt, founder of Hope for the Heart. Join us in person or online and visit hopefortheheart.org forward slash coach for more information. listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you'd like to speak with June about a specific situation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, call 800-NIGHT-17. That's 800-NIGHT-17. Now when you call, follow the prompts and leave a detailed message and we'll get back to you as soon as possible and get you scheduled for the next available Hope in the Night. That number again, 800-644-4817. Now let's get back to tonight's caller. Well, sweet Mary, um, I am glad when when I hear that you are a true, authentic Christian, as is your husband. There are some principles that you and I know if we know the God of the Bible. And that is, first of all, nothing catches him by surprise. He's He knew about this before your husband was even born, what would happen. So, at, in, in a way, that helps in this way. Um, he already knows what the solution is mm-hmm. for there to be just as Jesus was not spared uh, rejection, uh, lies, humiliation, but he it he 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 did not. Uh, it's like he he wasn't destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, there there's a fascinating uh, passage. I love this passage. In Second Corinthians four eight and nine, we are hard pressed on every side, but not mm. crushed; perplexed, Amen. but not in despair; persecuted, but not abandoned; struck down, but not destroyed. And all I'm saying is, I want to hear you continue with the story, but I also know your God, 
my God, uh, our, our Almighty God, who has a plan and purpose to use what others would use for good, for, for evil, but God will use it for good. And we'll, we can talk about that more, but that I just wanted to add that as we continue. So you had, <clears throat> he had, I'll say it this way, both of you were targeted because you were both Christians, and here you have an anti-Christian who uh, used, and I'm going to, and this is my terminology, like mob rule, it, and it, it's mm-hmm. very powerful to get um, alliances and people really worked up. And yet uh, there really wasn't anything that he had done wrong, and this was Mm -hmm. even acknowledged. Uh, But it's like, well, there's so much uh, negativity. Uh, It's it's like your husband was a scapegoat. Just to Mm -hmm. get past the... um, what appeared to be an impasse. Mm-hmm. Is that safe to say? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, continue on with the story. Well, um, uh, all in all, uh, most of the people that we thought would stand up for my husband just after years of, you know, coming to our home and having dinner with us and, you know, people whose children... We saw being born and weddings we were at, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, none of them, no one stood up for mm-hmm. him because everyone was afraid of losing their own reputations or businesses. Um, but the Lord sent different people. It was very mm-hmm. interesting. It was um, different members of the community. I mean, people that we had, you know, been engaged with for years and just like through like, um, you know, just different community organizations and volunteer boards and things like that. Um, yes. there was like a different sort of set of people who came and they actually helped us when we moved. But in the end, my husband negotiated a, um, a severance, I guess you would call it to mm-hmm. leave. Um, and neither of us had any interest in, in living and working in such a hostile environment. So we actually, from the time we found out about the vote of no confidence to the time we were packing our moving truck was about, I guess, about three weeks, four weeks. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, mm. um, and in the meantime, we also had to put our dog down, and that's not really part of the story, but it was also, like, oh. horrible because <laughs> it was, oh, like, yes. everything was falling apart, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. what is happening? Um, oh, I am so sorry, because a, a precious dog, that's a member of the family. That is family. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. And, and they're they're precious. They're a great comfort. I'm absolutely. so sorry. Okay, so you're precious. What's the name of your dog? His name what? was Mr. Bates. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, he, was, a, he was the best. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you but, for sharing. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you lost Mr. So, Bates. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had to put him down, and then we left, and, and we we ended up going to um, Virginia Beach uh, because I actually went to uh, university there and still had some friends there, and uh, we just were like, you know what? Let's go to the beach for a year. 
<laughs> let's, mm-hmm. let's, you know, and while we were there, we, we, you know, helped build some things, you know, with some friends, businesses and such. And so we, mm. we, we made good use of our time. Um, and, and one thing I do want to share just because it really glorifies God is that right before we left, uh, we had a couple of very dear friends who also love the Lord and they came alongside of us and his wife said, um, I, I'm just sure that God has catapulted you out of this poisonous place and that he's mm-hmm. going to send you to a place where you're not only just tolerated, but you you will have friends. You can be celebrated for who God made you, <laughs> you know, as yes. opposed to having to hide, uh, you know, the most important part of yourself, with it, which is your relationship to him. Um, and so that, that really became a narrative for us, is that God really had catapulted us out of that situation, because it was a dark situation to begin with, and then it just got, you know, darker and darker. Um, but I, I'm happy to report that, spiritually speaking, I mean, we're certainly, I, gosh, June, in such a better place. I mean, we we have never... We have never relied on the, I mean, of course, we always are relying on the Lord, but like we have never been so cognizant of how much we rely on the Lord for everything. Mm. And that He's always mm-hmm. moving on our behalf. He goes before us, He's our rear guard. And regardless, He's worthy to be praised. And mm-hmm. certainly, like you said, what the enemy intended for evil, the Lord has definitely used for good uh, spiritually yes. in our marriage. Our marriage has never been better. Um, and even generally in, like, our mental well-being. Um, my husband has a job now where he's working um, in a play, I'm trying to say, it's just a, it's a, it's a good Christian environment, and it's like an hourly wage type of job, but I've actually never seen him happier. <laughs> he really loves that. Mm. Um, and the, the question that ultimately I, I'm kind of leading up to here is that during during the, the 15 years that, or I guess 14 years that we were married, and uh, we lived in that town together, um, it, right at the beginning of our marriage, we made the decision to lean into his career because he had already, you know, had this position at the university, and because we, we stayed in that small town, I didn't necessarily get to um, pursue uh, some some work in my degree field um, that I could have, and I was fine with that. You know, so it was no problem. Um, and I and I always kept myself busy. I was always teaching at the university in a different uh, department. Um, I was able to work as an actress. I had a podcast. Like I, I was always creating and connecting in some way. However, I never had to work like for like a eight hour job where you sit in front right. of a computer. That sort of thing. And you did not have to has, be an a, a a wage earner for yeah. sustenance. Okay. And so, being in that position has been has felt very heavy, um, and especially because now I don't really have a resume to speak of. Like I've. You know, I've done things, and I, I mean, I have 14 years of teaching in, in education, which is, you know, wonderful, and it's a blessing, and I love doing that. And now I'm, I'm doing, um, like, copywriting, but I love, you know, I love to write, but I don't love to sit in front of a computer for eight hours a day, and it's, it's, it's very difficult for me to do that. Um, 
And so I've been experiencing... I've been experiencing a lot of weight. I don't really know how else to explain it except for I, it's like I don't know what to do next. Like I'm not sure what my, I guess my purpose is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I deal with some depression because of that. And, and I've even been experiencing some kind of like depersonalization and, and just feeling, um, almost like dissociate, dissociating, and and I only use those words because I have experienced, like back in 2013, I sort of went through something that was difficult, and I was experiencing some of this too, but I just wanted to talk to you about it, because I, I want to know spiritually, like like from the Bible, how how are we supposed to deal with these seasons of depression, and, and I hope it's just a season, because of this thing that just happened, and I'm sort of dealing with these new um, circumstances and challenges. Um, it, yeah, just, I, I guess that's that's a lot of questions, I guess. But <laughs> basically, my main question is how do how do I guess fear? Fear is the other word. That's mm-hmm. that's probably the better word. Fear and depression, um, because it's like when you see something like this can happen. At first, it's very scary because you think, well, but I didn't do anything to deserve this, and it still happened anyway. But now I've been able to make peace, you know, just by going through the Word and just understanding, like, oh, no, it's, it's things like this do happen. And, and I don't know, they could happen again even. Um, and so sometimes I feel a little bit of fear about that, and I feel a little bit sort of like stuck in depression. Mm-hmm. And does that make sense? Oh, yes. And... Okay. What's interesting about fear is to understand that while it's a very strong emotional reaction, um, it's it's it can be certainly over something that has happened, but or it can be something that might happen. It. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's it can be perceived as uh, like imminent danger, but mm-hmm. and, and and but fear, it can be real or imagined. It can be rational or irrational. It can be normal or abnormal. But the the issue is okay. Now, what do we do with it? How do we process it? Um, and I think it's important to realize it is a natural emotion designed by God. Fearfulness is not designed by God. For fearfulness suggests living in a state of fear. But we are created to have a physical defense system when we have For bringing hope in the darkest hours, we're celebrating June Hunt and 26 years of Hope in the Night. June will tell you that a radio program was nowhere on her radar, but God had a different plan. On the first broadcast of Hope in the Night, June talked with people about fear, alcohol abuse, anger, and will never forget the woman facing an unplanned pregnancy. 
Help us mark this 26th year by making a $26 gift or even a $260 gift to our late night radio ministry. It would be a special blessing if you would make your gift a monthly gift. Just go to hopefortheheart.org or text the keyword HOPE to 855-909-1546. That's hopefortheheart.org or text the keyword HOPE to 855-909-1546. We have an exciting free online event for you this spring called Coach Talks. It's hosted by the International Christian Coaching Institute, a strategic initiative of Hope for the Heart. Similar to TED Talks, Coach Talks will be a time to hear short, powerful talks from 20 experienced ministry leaders and life coaches on relevant life topics. Our very own June Hunt will be one of the speakers, and you can see the full list of speakers and sessions at hopefortheheart.org forward slash Coach Talks. Coach Talks is a free webinar series where you'll receive practical biblical insights on topics like leadership, marriage and family, spiritual formation and discipleship, relationships, and more. Whether you're a ministry leader, life coach, or you simply want to be inspired and equipped, this is a great opportunity for your personal and professional growth in 2022. You can learn more and register for this free webinar series at hopefortheheart.org forward slash Coach Talks. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night. It's a ministry of hope for the heart, and we're here because of your ongoing prayers and continued support. If you have questions about something going on in your life, even about what salvation means, you can call our care center at 800-488-HOPE. Now back to our caller. Well, my friend, what you have is uh, not made up. This is not fantasy land. Uh, It is an accurate picture of being targeted and not just by one person. We're talking about that that feel of mob rule. By the way, I'm going to share something with you because I almost finished a sentence, but I couldn't because I didn't know what you were really going to say. But you mentioned how you had people that um, you you knew that you thought that they would stand up for you, for, for your husband. But the people that you thought would stand up didn't. And yet there were others that were, that, that God used uh, to be a support. I've experienced that same thing where I was so surprised because I remember at one point uh, being attacked and but I was so surprised that the people I would not have thought uh, would have been critical were critical and I thought and and then the people I thought would have caved in didn't you know so um i i just uh i've not heard anybody else say that <laughs> and that was a long time mm. ago but still i remember it 
poignantly to, to this day. Um, and didn't it make you especially appreciate those that you wouldn't have thought would have stood by you or been a support? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It meant all the more, more, uh, because, yes. <laughs> the, uh, and, and yet, uh, it, I have found that I have learned the most through the times of pain. Uh, the times of pleasure are wonderful. You know, that, that's good. But uh, it seems that God stretches our capacity for compassion when we find ourselves in the furnace of affliction. Um, I And... There are several things we could talk about, but one thing I'm going to go to, I'm, and I'm going to put a hold on fear. I want us to talk for a moment about purpose in life because you said, ah, I, I don't uh, know my purpose. So, and that's important. That, in fact, that's like a baseline that you want to have, and I compliment you for even thinking of it that way. Um, because if you know your purpose, the ultimate purpose for your life, um, then the circumstances are merely circumstances. Meaning, mm-hmm. when you think of Jesus, he had a purpose. And it wasn't to avoid pain. It wasn't popularity. We could say a lot of things, but the point is um, he was destined, he came to earth and sinless, and he was a sinless all his life, and yet um, he knew why he was here. He is, Jesus is God, who took on human form, and he came to earth to die on the cross for our sins, so that if we would humble our hearts and receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, he would forgive all of our sin. Amen. And he will be, he will be for you, um, your rock. Um, he's going to be your foundation. So, in terms of purpose, um, and there there are several things that are critical. Uh, there are many people who don't know at all their purpose in life, and they they wander aimlessly, and some say, "Well, it's to make money, or it's to be happy." And you know, they give these answers that college students, um, many times <laughs> college college graduates, they, they and they, it's it's typically money or happiness that those kinds of answers. Um, but to understand uh, your purpose in life is tied to the word significance. Uh, God created you with three inner needs for love, significance, and security. 
And that significance is knowing that your life has meaning and purpose. Knowing that your life has meaning and purpose. And it refers to your personal value, your individual worth, and your value, the value God places on you. Now, what I, I would say is, is key. Um, there is a highest purpose. Uh, some people think there's, there's only one purpose. No, there are several purposes that you can have. Your number one purpose is found in um, Romans 8.29. Since you've taught Bible studies, you will want to know this and be clear about this. In other words, God's highest purpose for you, my friend, is Romans 8.29. It says you were predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. You are predestined. Uh, God has already figured out how He will conform you to the character of Christ. And that's so important. It's so important because, again, He predestines you. He knows all that you've experienced. Again, this has not caught him by surprise. But to be clear about what he has stated, it's uh, for those God foreknew. So this wasn't just a last-minute circumstance based on uh, irresponsible people. No, he foreknew you. Those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So he is going to be using all of these circumstances. And what you have described were things that specifically Jesus experienced. The rejection. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. You've had grief, you've had sorrow over what, and and there have been genuine losses here uh, of relationships. So, um, I I think of uh, the scripture where Jesus said, if they hate me, they'll hate you too. um, It's very clear. this image of you come to Christ and it's a bowl full of cherries or everything will be rosy. It's just so opposite. I, you know, the Bible never says that. In fact, the Bible is so clear. Um, Jesus said, if they persecute me, they'll persecute you also. So it, it's like we need to expect times of persecution. We need to expect, and, and th- that's not being a, um, oh, poor me, 
it's just, this is what Jesus said. Uh, John 15. And it's, it's very clear. Uh, and so I think there, we just need to be prepared. It's not, it's not that you're expecting everybody to turn on you, because that's not what the Bible says. But it did happen to be that every, you know, almost everyone turned against Jesus, his disciples. Uh, and yet what our tendency or my tendency is, is to be surprised and say, I can't believe this happened. You know, now going back to what I said is in John 15, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. And then that's John 15, 18. And we see in uh, verse 20, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Now, have you ever taught through First Peter? No, I have not. Taught through it? Taught through it, yep. You said you taught Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, um, I remember teaching through it, and, and uh, there's one passage I'm just going to say it, it, that I thought, oh my goodness, that is me. Uh, it's First Peter 4. Verse 12, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. I never forget reading that and thinking, well, I am surprised. I didn't realize. <laughs> it's like, I, I, you know, I think, how could this be? How, well, you know, the point is, if we're going to be biblical, and I know you want to be biblical, I can tell. Mm-hmm. And so... You need to just underline this in your Bible. First Peter 4, verse 12. Do not be surprised at the painful trial. You are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when the glory, His glory, is revealed. The, the, the point is... Well, I'm going to ask, would you like for us to talk again? Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Because I want to share something with you uh, about trials that really makes sense. But um, there's, there's, there's another part of First Peter that meant um, a, a, this particular passage was one I needed to see. This is First Peter 2. Um, And it's talking about unjust suffering. It's commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. And this is exactly what you and your husband have gone through. That's uh, chapter 2, verse 19. But then it goes on to say, To this you were called, verse 21, because Christ has suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Listen to this. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. He entrusted himself to him. 
If you have questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 biblical counseling keys to address it. Call our care center at 800-488-HOPE. Again, that's 800-488-4673. Now, if you'd like to speak with June specifically about a problem going on in your life, please call 800-NIGHT-17. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. Follow the prompts and leave a message for us, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. At Hope for the Heart, we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying, you hang on to hope.